Welcome to the 22nd edition of 97 Octane Hockey. Uh, joined tonight by my co-host Bob the Goalie and my good friends uh, Jeremy and Brian. Um, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, anybody that's out there wants to tune in and have some laughs with us, that would be appreciated. I got to say I'm thankful for meeting you too. You guys got me through one of the darkest uh patches of my life and uh, I don't even know if you knew but um, you know it was a pleasure to meet you both and the legend of the finger uh, I'll, I'll start by letting Jeremy in on what that's all about <laughs> it's never gonna go away Brian <laughs> <laughs> okay so so here's the story so we're at we're at first round and it's it's you two guys and and Kim and Tam and we're just shooting the shit, and somebody, one of you guys, like a, like teenagers, starts a little starts a little uh, text chat on Twitter as we're sitting there, you know, a foot away from each other. And at some <laughs> point, I wanted to give you guys the finger on on Twitter on my phone. So I'm scrolling <laughs> through the emojis, and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling, and about a minute passes, and I can't find the fucking finger emoji. So I yell out, <laughs> "Where the fuck is the finger emoji?" <laughs> And then, and then Jeremy uh, sends a picture of him doing this to me, which I think you have on the on the uh, on the original uh, the, the bill for this. So it's a stupid little inside joke that is only funny to the two of you, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, the, the legend has grown beyond me and Jeremy. That's a bold faced lie, Brian. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, I now know where the finger emoji is, um, and I'm I'm ready to use it if necessary. So look up. <laughs> In fact, I was totally ready to rip Oilers management a new asshole today for potentially letting Raphael Lavoie, a six foot four, first shot scorer that we've been developing for four years, go on waivers, but. He slid right on through, so no harm done. What a genius! Well, if you uh, if you shoot onto Heavy Hockey Network, uh, there Lotsi uh, put up a new article here just minutes before we went on, I think, and he kind of explained the reasoning of how that or, or why that even happened. We had no choice with Niemelainen and being hurt. We have no choice. We like basically every, everybody else that's a, that's out there. We had to send down. And if you're going to pick a day to do it, today is the day because everybody was releasing their guys on waivers. So you'll have guys more likely falling through the cracks. So yeah. I know I'm with you. I thought LaVoy was the one guy that we probably need to keep. So that was a bit of a gamble. But if you're going to take a gamble, I also do it before game one. Yeah, Tommy was okay. <clears throat> Got through that. You can still call him up. What he has to play. Yeah. Uh, he has to play 10, 12 games or something before he has to go back on waivers again. So. We'll get a look at him at some point, but um, I agree. I was pissed this morning when I, when I <laughs> was pissed all night, and this morning was just like, Ugh. I'm glad you. Reason. I'm glad you brought this up because it, it leads me to something like I gotta say. You know, I think Edmonton is one of the few places where the final guys to make a club are are front page news, and we debate it, and we and we talk about it to you know the nth degree, and. You know, Oilers fans, I think, are the most intelligent hockey fans there are in in in, in the NHL. The um, educated ones. Yeah, and yeah, 
and you know that good arguments can be made for why it was done, why it wasn't done, and, and all of that. I'm, I'm I'm just glad that he cleared, and that we didn't lose that asset. Uh, I, I was actually thinking that he was potential trade bait, um, and I don't know what we would get for him, the player to be named later. And I'm glad it wasn't that. <laughs> you know, I'm glad he yeah, didn't get dealt for futures, but I I thought that that was definitely something that could happen. Um, you know, he didn't have a lights out camp, but he wasn't bad either. Uh, I thought he was good. So, yeah, I think he did. I think he did enough in by scoring a couple of big goals. That goal on Thatcher Demko was pretty world class, and even Demko was like, you know, he's looking over like, Who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Just yeah, ripped yeah. that thirty footer past me. Yeah, so I'm glad he's still in the organization. I think he needed to score that goal because that that kind of turned all of our heads going, okay, that's what this guy's all about, right? That's what this guy can do. Because in all honesty, uh, I thought of all those guys that were sent down, Lane Peterson probably had the best camp of all those boys. But uh, I think we need Lavoie to be that guy who can, who can be a bottom six guy with uh, with some scoring potential. And he, he showed he has that scoring potential, that's for sure. I'm going to push back on that a little, Bobby, and I'm going to say okay. that uh, Ben Gleason, I, I think, had the oh, best yeah. camp. I was thinking forwards, but you're right. Gleason, yeah, Gleason yeah. had a really strong camp. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, Brian, this this just came in. <laughs> <laughs> wow! How long did it take you to Photoshop that? Honestly, <laughs> a day and a half. <laughs> it's been there the whole time. <laughs> we'll just That's bring it up. We'll just bring it up from time to time because it actually works on the screen there as as kind of it's, it's like the got your back fist yeah, almost right in the middle there. Perfect. Every time whenever, you disagree, whenever you disagree with anybody, Adursa, just fire that sucker up. Yeah, it just works. Then <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have yeah, nothing every time I talk, though. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, ben Gleason, I don't know who that guy is, but uh, man, he was fast and and covered well and made good passes and. Jeez, he could have he could have easily made the team in favor of uh, Deharnay or drop yeah, Broberg I'll down temporarily. I, I think he's I think he's going to push Deharnay this year because it's kind of a, a similar type player. Yeah, for sure. I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed by that guy. Yeah, you got to think when they told him he's going down, he's got to sit there and go, like, what more do you guys need from me? Because I thought I had a pretty good camp and. I, I thought he was, yeah, he, I think he was the standout of preseason for potential future Oilers. Well, Woodcroft, Woodcroft makes a good point in all his press, pressers. He says, you know, a lot of these guys are fighting also not just to make the team, but also to be the first call-up. I think Gleason well, will be disappointed he got sent down, but uh, mm -hmm. I think he'll be very happy the camp he put in. He, like, he made it a very tough decision for, the, for Edmonton, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, you looked at our, our uh, 60 or 70, I guess, and that's, uh, you know, they kind of want to keep that nucleus and kind of build around that. So it would have been kind of a tough, uh, you know, even if you would have had to play a lot, a lot better than, than any of those guys for to be on the team. And you could make an argument that Gleason did play better, but did he play a lot, a lot better? No, not really. But he'll definitely be, we won't hesitate to call him up if need be. I almost wonder if he uh, actually is in the opening night roster, if, if there's a little bit more to Ekholm and Kulak. You know, not being quite ready to go if he's if he's not playing against Vancouver on Wednesday anyway. I don't know if we're allowed to do an emergency call up yet right away though. I don't know what the rule is there for the for the season opener. They might have to go with twelve and five or something stupid like that. I don't know. What even happened to Kulak? Like I never saw anything. Just tweak something in practice. Yeah, I think so. 
I mean, everything's pretty, it's, it's like we're, you know, a week from the playoffs. They don't want to say anything about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Lower body injury. Yeah. Lower body. Um, Jeremy, you had a son that had a birthday today. Is that right? Yeah, it was over the weekend. Did we pull you away from something important just to come on our show? Have a beer with you? You know what? That's why I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had an awesome week out in Elk Island and got back this afternoon. So he's just happy to chill out and relax. And same here. Yeah, I, I was working actually um, northeast of, of Grand Prairie until late last night. So today I was pretty much... I was almost ready to tell you guys, I don't think I can do my own show today, but <laughs> around, around four o'clock, I, I kind of started to get a little bit mobile and, and start to feel better. You're, you're a gamer, Dursa. You're a gamer. Don't pull any of this yeah. stuff. I'm too tired to talk. <laughs> I was. I was a piece of shit all day. <laughs> uh, I got a round of golf in in uh, 24 degree weather. Yeah, it was just gorgeous today. Mm-hmm. When, doesn't, winter, feel like, doesn't feel like hockey weather yet. When, when are courses around there going to shut her down? Like, are they going to go till the end of the month almost? Well, or? There's usually been some frost by now, and they're and they're you know this is kind of the last week or the, the Thanksgiving weekend is kind of it for a lot of courses. But I think they're probably going to hang on through next weekend by the looks of things. And then I played the uh, Legends last weekend, and we actually were in an hour frost delay. We all the tee times got pushed by an hour. Yeah, yeah, this is the season. So that's probably it for me. I suck at it anyway, but I enjoy I enjoy it, but I am no good at it. Time to switch to hockey. The year of the the yeah. year of the Oilers, uh, cup or bust. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you had the the cup or bust podcast or the article you wrote there, Mike. Uh, yeah, I have to agree you agree with you with. Um, I mean, the cap, we're right up against the cap. The cap might go up a million or two next year, but we've already eaten $3 million into it by by uh, uh, giving Connor Brown a $3 million bonus after 10 games. So that could, it, it could be tough to uh, keep the team together next season. So this is it. This is our, this feels like yeah. our best chance in a long, long time. And uh, I don't want to be too, too optimistic. It's not that much different of a team than last year. It's only a few, pe- few players have changed. Losing uh, Yamamoto and Costin hurts a tiny bit, but Connor Brown certainly up to up an upgrade on uh, on Yamamoto, who did precious little with a lot of ice time, I think. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Costin was I think Costin fit in really well and was tough to lose, and that physicality might um, hurt us in a few situations or lack thereof. But actually, I really think those guys what they did more than anything else they were they, those were two guys that kind of kept the room loose and we're always joking around and and uh having fun when captain Sirius was was moping <laughs> around and stuff so um hopefully somebody can pick up the torch there and and be that be that blue guy who keeps things loose in the dressing room zach cassian 2.0 here we come oh god no no no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he was on a pto somewhere wasn't he, he yeah he ducks yeah uh, Anaheim, right yeah if you're getting released, released by the Ducks, you're, you're pretty much done, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think I think losing Nick Bukestad is probably going to actually hurt, hurt more than, than Costin. Um, that guy did, did a lot and kind of went unnoticed. 
Um, pretty good face-off guy. And <laughs> I like the idea, though, of revisiting him in, in March when Arizona's out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's deal to get him back. Well, that's, and that's the he thing, too. Like, we can be as strong as we want going into the season. And then, uh, you know, on paper right now, we got a good team, and, and we all have our uh, – you know, we're, we're optimistic about what uh, our potential is for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, once kind of things, you know, 60 game mark here, we'll kind of see where we're at for, and then we can start uh, filling in those pieces. So I have no reason to uh, hesitate in, in thinking that this is the year that we, we can do it. Like the pieces are in place. We'll have, if we got to move some as time goes on, we'll know what we need and what we don't need anymore. Uh, plug and play. And let's do this already. Yeah. No, I, the, the only thing that scares me the, this season is, is injuries, the unknown. And that's always a factor, right? So, yeah, it is what it is. That's sports. So. Yeah. I kind of want to know what you guys think about this uh, this analytics team that's that's being built. You know, we're no longer – all of a sudden, we're no longer the uh, NHL guide and record book team. <laughs> we're the, <laughs> we're, we got an analytics uh, genius who's going to build a team of analytic people. It sounds great. Uh, I'm not into analytics a lot. I'm just wondering, like, what if we had an analytics team last season? What what kind of changes would have been made that weren't made last season, or in the playoffs, or or whenever? Like, what do you think might have happened for the better? Well, I don't know what kind of changes would have happened per se, because uh, it all depends what the analytics is looking at. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm super pumped about getting an analytics team. I think it's we're one of the few teams that didn't really have uh, an analytics full time department. I mean, this guy that we hired now, uh, I guess he's been like a consultant for us before and, and has helped the analytical department. Uh, Dave, Tippett always, yeah, I, I... Dave Tippett always mentioned how he kept his own analytics, but he never shared what they were. So analytics has always been in play. But now to have a full-time team uh, you know, committed to it and, and working at it, all it does is it either uh, confirms certain decisions you make or – you know, addresses some areas or points out some areas that we might could use some improvement, right? I mean, it's not it's nothing set in stone because they are just numbers in the long run. But uh, you know, if you, if we find there's a, a certain situation where a guy does better in faceoffs, well, let's throw him in there. Uh, you know, in a crucial part of the game because he's been killing at faceoffs or just just any kind of thing like that. I think as much information as you can get and then make a educated decision on after you process all that information, and that's a bonus. I think I think you have to have a balance. I mean, Toronto Blue Jays analytics department isn't highly thought of right now because analytics said you shouldn't let this guy pitch to batters the second time around. So they pulled a guy that was on fire. Didn't make any sense. Like I think you have to balance the information with kind of what your eyes are telling you, and and kind of take it from there. If you go all in one direction and not the other, then I think you're asking for a problem. So. I think having as much information as possible is a good thing, but you yeah. can't let it dictate every decision you make. Yeah. I mean, uh, in, maybe this in like, sorry, Chris Russ- I was like, maybe this analytics team will like Chris Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chris Russell. I always thought he got shit on uh, unfairly. I was a big Chris Russell fan. In fact, he was my second favorite order after Connor McDavid there for the while, while he was here. I was a big Russell fan. I just don't know what to say to that. Uh, <laughs> well, good for you. He's got to have a fan. And I'm uh, waiting for the middle finger. <laughs> waiting for, waiting for, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. 
Yeah, well, I, I do. I do think Russell maybe got beaten up a little more, maybe ten times yeah. worse than he needed to get beaten up. But you know, he wasn't he wasn't great those last couple of years. I don't think. But anyway, I'm you're tired worried. of the you were tired of the off the glass and out, were you? <laughs> tired of that. Tired tired of the starfish. Um, <clears throat> I don't know who's who's a uh, Wendelin Lambchop, the one who. Who does yeah. those Oilers cartoons and she has yeah. a t-shirt with him. I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> that is just the best. I, I love that story. Maybe maybe I could relate to him because that's how I play defense. So no. <laughs> <laughs> we do see Darnell Nurse doing that a fair amount, but he does yeah. he does seem to get in the way uh, maybe a little more often than, than Chris Russell ever did. With the oh, hey, Russell the the world leader in shot blocks. What do you mean never got in the way? World leader. <laughs> Absolutely. Hasn't he been passed by somebody? I thought he was passed. Yeah, by he somebody. has now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's got to pass off. I just wonder if if they had a, if they had an analytics team last year, would they have broken up Nurse and Cece at some point? Because they're I don't think their analytics were good. It was like below average on everything, but they were very stubborn about keeping those guys together. Yeah, afraid to experiment with anything else and. Yeah, I, I don't I wonder, know. If, I wonder if that. I wonder if. I wonder if the analytics team has has the ear of not just uh, the GM in terms of you know what players they get or bring up or or whatever, but with coaching the coaches, too. coaching yeah. staff as well. They probably do. They probably do, but it's probably taken with a grain of salt. I mean, you probably listen to it and then you make your own mind up after the fact. Like, yeah, I mean, they're not the coach. They they don't have the final say. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to see how it influenced things. That's for sure. Uh, you know, one of the problems was like in the, in the playoffs last year that we didn't make any changes. We kept just doing the same lineup, the same system, and never adjusted at all. It, you know that, and that goes as much as you know the elephant in the room uh, with the goaltending. We didn't make any changes at all. Just just keep going with what we're with what's hopefully going to work, right? So maybe something like this will help uh, back up some numbers and some some decisions that need to be made. Yeah. I guess we're playing a zone defense this year. That's what I hear. I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I haven't played enough hockey or attempted to coach enough hockey to know what the heck to be able to visually ascertain how different it is now from what it was last year. But uh, well, I think we'll, we'll see. I think it's something you'll see implemented more towards the end of the game. Like they're going to get strict at it to try to sh- do the shutdown thing when we're up by one or two goals, uh, and then like. We're going to see it probably throughout the game, but we're going to definitely see it more evident towards the end when we're really trying to lock things down. That's when they're going to get uh, strict on, I feel. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think you're going to see like the Flyers Tampa Bay where we're sitting back the whole time and just uh, playing a trap. I, I would be remiss, Brian, if I didn't uh, play this for you. Okay, another stupid inside joke that only you think is funny. It's fucking great, man. Where the first time I think that was the first time I we went I was in Grand Prairie for work and we met up at some bar and I think they were playing that and I said something like in the chorus it's Michael Jackson but I didn't know that was Michael Jackson. So I said that guy sounds a lot like Michael Jackson. 
And Mike laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And that's it. it. That's another stupid inside joke. <laughs> I, gotta find, I gotta find the chorus here. I, gotta... <laughs> I always feel like. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you got any more gems? <laughs> I think we have negative 10 viewers now. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bob are just sitting here going, I love inside jokes. I hope you're part of one. <laughs> you know what? We should make our own next time. We'll make our own and get on there. Jer Jeremy started it all. I am though, like he just sets himself up, and it's like <laughs> I, I put it on a tee, and you guys just knock it out of the park. <laughs> oh boy, the song's too long. It takes a long time for the chorus to go. Well, the conversation about the song takes too long too. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, it sounds a lot yeah, like Michael man. Jackson. <laughs> it really does. Like, not wrong. Un uncanny. <laughs> then I got the whole Rockwell life story from Mike. Like, who gives a fuck about Rockwell? I don't know anything song. about Rockwell. All I know is oh, Michael you Jackson told, you is told doing me, the hook. You told me that you know he was he was dating uh, Janet or something, and or or one of the sisters. That was you. Oh, <laughs> my dorky LinkedIn picture. Thank you very much. You know what Jeremy said? Who's Brian trying to catfish with that? That's <laughs> tax business. I did. I didn't know this was going to turn into a roast. Yeah. 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 Every time now I here's Brian. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I wonder if I got that picture in the mall that Jeremy took here too. That was fucking great. <laughs> a big reunion. Just digging through photo albums to get this done. Yeah. It's been a few years, man. That was a good time. So are we all in agreement that we feel this is the uh Oilers Cup here? Cautious optimism, but you look at the the mindset of the team and when some of these guys are talking like they are just focused on that copper bust mentality so that's my living that's in my living room there i got brian back too <laughs> we get closer to like that playoff push what we can add and i mean like we said like this is kind of the year to just go all in and go for it i hate to say copper bust because i mean the actual odds of winning the cup, no matter how good you are, are still in the what five to ten percent range, even if you're in the best team in the league. So anything can happen in those playoffs. But, man, the bust part of that kind of is ominous, isn't it? Like, yeah. okay, you don't win. Are we blowing this team up? I, I don't think so. I think you keep trying until you get it done. You look at the season Boston just had best season in decades and gone in the first. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there are no guarantees. It's not an easy trophy. And that's why I don't play the games on paper, right? So I don't I'm not that worried about the bus part of it. I think that was Leon just making a statement about how important or how he feels this is the right time to win the cup and what their focus is. I don't think it'll be a bust. I mean, uh I I I I'm pretty confident that Leon resigned, so we keep uh Connor, Leon, 
entrepreneurs, you know, the, that kind of core group, the news will still be here for a while, you know, that kind of core group together. You can't bust because if you have, number one, the two best players in the world on your team, are you, you're never out of that picture. You're always building around to try and get, get that team. So it'll be a while before, before it's an actual bust. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to look on screen, but I do have the trifecta of fingers here. Yeah, it looks okay. <laughs> Very he's, good. he's coming to meet us for lunch, and Jeremy gives him the, how you doing? I'd <laughs> open just reaching for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Jeremy never misses an opportunity to get him. Do we think that uh, Connor and Leon are going to sign again here long term? 100%. Yeah, I think they, history tells us that yeah, they uh, players of that caliber seem to stick with those teams, right? They don't, they find a way to not let them. But the key is, as long as we are always contenders, that's the thing. Like, uh, if we start being a team that misses the playoffs and stuff like that, or that, then I'd be getting worried. But as long as we're always contenders in the conversation and able to make that push, then why wouldn't they? And there's a lot of pride for these athletes too that they were they're part of this. Uh, foundation they put a lot of work into this and uh, they're so close they're, they're going to want to see it through they're going to watch it through they don't they don't want to just jump onto another team already and just feed off of what, what, what all those guys are building they want to get the fruits of their labor here walk engage said something interesting on on that subject he he said for leon he says it's more likely that, that he resigns if they don't win a cup before his contract's over and I was like, "Wow, that's that's an interesting spin on spin on it." Because everybody else thinks it's the other way around that they need yeah. to win to to keep them. But he he thinks it's more likely that he stays and wants to get it done with Connor if he doesn't get it done before his deal's up. That's not a bad thing. Like yeah, and I think like Bob was saying, like we're a competitive team. We're consistently getting in the playoffs. Like it sucks that we've lost to the last two Cup winners, but. I think there is that push, like you said, they want to see this thing through with what they've gone through and what they've been building and just hold that cup here. Can you imagine like uh, Leon bailing and heading off to Pittsburgh or whatever, and then we win the cup? Like, like how, how much would you be kicking yourself going, oh, shit, I missed out on having the cup with my boys? <laughs> I mean... A veteran could have done that. A veteran could have done a long time ago. Washington was a struggling franchise, or they were, or they get in the playoffs and, and make a run and, and fall short so many times. You don't think he could have shot off elsewhere where he thought he had a better shot? But he put a lot of work into that team. Like he helped build that team, and he wanted to see this come through with that team. Yeah. Yeah, Ovechkin is a, Ovechkin is a pretty good test case there. I would say for a lot of things, the whole wasting his best years argument. Well, what did he play there for what? 13, 14 years before they won a cup. So, uh, but then on the flip side, look at Ray Bork. Bork spent his whole career in Boston, uh, got close a few times. They had some really shitty years as well. Sometimes he never once bailed on his team until he was pretty much, uh, quote unquote, past his prime. Like he's in, a, he's in his forties. And then it's like, okay, I've done everything I can here. We're not winning the cup. Yeah. I'd really like to have a cup before I'm done. Right. So, uh, and then the trade gets made. So if we hang on to Connor and Leon until they're in the 40s, uh, I'm good with that. If they want to go win a cup then, you know, I'll be cheering for them. You know, we, could, we couldn't get you a cup with, over here. Yeah, yeah, try and find somewhere else. It, it's unfair for those guys to retire with the cup. Sure. Yeah. 
I was oh, a little yeah. surprised to see Winnipeg uh, sign both Shifley and Hellebuck today to these long-term extensions. Yeah. Uh, it looked like they were in ready, ready to blow things up and change the culture and everything else. And then, okay, uh, I guess we're going to stick with these guys for seven yeah. years. Yeah, no, that's an awesome uh, topic of discussion for certain, for sure. Because in the summer, it looked like, you know, it was nuclear <laughs> wasteland in Winnipeg. Um, yeah. And they were and they were going to have to clean up the whole neighborhood and and Hallibuck was going to the Kings and goddamn I'm I'm thankful that they took uh, <laughs> uh, Pierre Luc Dubois instead of Connor Hallibuck there because that would have made LA a, a pretty formidable uh, opponent for sure I mean they are already they're they're mm-hmm. you know probably the third well they are the third best team in the in the Pacific kind of behind us in Vegas. And I'm listing us first on purpose because I think we beat ourselves in that Vegas series uh, more than anything. Um, but yeah, no, that is surprising. I, I thought there was going to be a max exodus there and they were going to retool and reload and uh, good for them. I don't know what was said or, or just money talks or, or, or what, but it, it seemed like it was like the, you know, to use the Lucic, unattainable uh, situation. That's kind of what it seemed like there. Very surprising. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's going to make me full sound high and mighty of myself, but I'm not that surprised. Uh, I thought Winnipeg's uh, core was still good. Uh, I, I don't blame them for Weeder leaving. I mean, they already start to see and that sort of stuff. And he's, you know, in his late thirties, pushed towards the end of his career, but their core guys, Shifley and Connor and Morrissey and Hellebuck, they're, Still kind of in their prime window there. They still had a core group to make a push. So I know they were pretty dejected because they, they didn't have the season they wanted to last year and everything was kind of down in the dumps. But, you know, the summer, I think once they sat around the summer going, you know what, we actually are not in a bad position here. We can, st- we can still make a go of this. I think the attitudes changed because there was, I, don't, I felt there was no reason for them to blow that team up, really. They, they still got the goods there. Yeah, the, no, I don't. I don't like question really the the talent level and and all of that. It just you know Paul Maurice leaves and and basically puts it all on the players. And then yeah. you know Rick Bonus's press conference at the end of the season last year. I mean th- that seemed like it was either him or the, or players were gone, uh, and neither happened. So it's it's <laughs> it's pretty surprising. To me, anyway, I uh, made up and sung kumbaya and yeah, signed yeah. massive contracts. <laughs> yeah, the same like, team, basically. So, well, we'll see what happens. They went to Tibet and met a few monks and said <laughs> some words and they got it all square. Like they must have had a re- they hit a reset button this summer, and you know, I'm happy for the Winnipeg fans. I mean, that, that happened. That'd be a tough one to go through. It's kind of like what uh, you don't need another Arizona and San Jose situation there when there's no need for it. I really thought with the news of Vasilevsky, I thought Hellebuck would have found Tampa, to be honest. I'm actually yeah, very I, surprised that Tampa hasn't made a move for a goalie yet here. I mean, they, they officially named uh, Jonas Johansson their starter for uh, for the opening game. Oof. I mean, he's a, he's a legit backup, but he's a, he's in the bottom half of, of even for backup goalies, right? So that's a tough that's a tough guy to try and ride here for a month or so. And there were some yeah, exactly. goalies that got uh, put on waivers, so I was very surprised not to see him pick somebody up. 
Well, they will. Uh, I think they, they're about to put uh, Vasilevsky on LTIR. So they'll have a $9 million bucks or so to spend. So I there wouldn't, you go. wouldn't surprise me to see some draft picks leave in exchange for just a good circle. goalie from somewhere, uh, just Carl Vanelka or something. Back in the airport. I'll just circle back to the Winnipeg thing for a second here. Some stranger says, uh, I hear the contracts would make it easier to trade them. Yeah, that went through my head too. Like, you know, you sign Halibut and, and then you can seek others to, to make a deal with and that strengthens your um, ret yeah. return um, if, if you're going to go down that road. But I don't know, with both of them kind of signing on the same day, it doesn't seem like a sign and trade kind of scenario to me. Um, as far as the Vasilevsky thing, I find it hilarious that he goes under the knife right before the season's supposed to start, not right at the end of the playoffs. Um, that just, uh, I don't know. Like if, if we're trying to dispel the Kucherov going on LTIR and then coming off just for the playoffs kind of stuff and saying it was just, that's the way it worked. You're not doing a very good job of it because it, it does have a stink of kind of a cap uh, circumvention to me. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, but then why doesn't the NHL do something about it? We've just been riding that same thing now for the right. last few years. No, you nobody, nobody's complaining enough, or it's something in the NHLPA uh, bar collective bargaining agreement that you can do that kind of shit. I don't know. There's a stink to it for me, though. <laughs> now the playoffs get a hundred million salary cap for some reason. So. Have this, yeah. have the salary cap in the playoffs too. Like that doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, hundred percent should carry over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one hundred percent. Yep. Or, or you, or you increase it by a certain percentage because you're allowed to carry more players, right? So, some black aces, yeah, but not be way over the cap. Yeah. yeah, I can't even really fathom why they eliminated the salary cap for the playoffs. No, I don't, I don't know why they did that to begin with. Um, maybe the players asked for that. The CBA, so you can potentially what get we, more guys. What are we going to ask for though? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's funny too because that's the most important time to really have that in place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want the disparity that you've been preaching for, and then all of a sudden it goes away for the for the playoffs, right? Yeah, it was funny when when Tampa first did it, and you had you had Colorado kind of bitching about it in their postseason interviews, and then following year Colorado kind of does it, and then Vegas kind of does it. <laughs> they all they all end up strengthening their teams and and winning the cup. So if that's if that's the bar, then we yeah. just have to learn how to how to do that ourselves somehow. Yeah, it, it reminds me of um, Days of Thunder. You know, rubbing is racing. <laughs> it's it's yeah. If you aren't if you aren't working the angles, I guess you're not you're not trying to right. know. Good point about them uh, potentially making it easier for them to be traded. I hadn't thought about that, but uh, yeah, if you know what a guy's going to cost you for the next six or seven years, and well. And he signed, right? So you don't have to worry about negotiating a new contract with them. That's your three core guys. I mean, I suppose like if one guy goes, then maybe they'll the other two will want to go. But right now, you still have enough key guys in their prime window to build around. Yeah, no, I I don't question the the talent level that the Jets put on the ice. It's it's formidable. I mean, it's I don't think it's where we're at right now, but it's not far okay. behind. It's not far behind. Um, mm -hmm. that, that was never my question. It was, it seemed like there was like real, the attitudes and stuff. Yeah. yeah like bad blood that wasn't going to go away and, and that bridges were burned. I mean, that, 
the, those pressers with bonus were <laughs> pretty pretty detailed and and pretty calling out and it seemed like he was on the same page that Paul Maurice was on and Paul Maurice left because he couldn't he didn't think that team you know did what it took to to get to where he wanted them to go and believed that they could go like they were getting in their own way and it seemed like bonus was right on the exact same train with with those guys and now everything's cool mountains in tibet did it <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll see if it's cool. We'll see if it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Maybe these new contracts re-energize them. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, there's always that possibility. I mean, some stranger is absolutely right. It does make them easier to trade when they have a contract. Um, but, but maybe the, the real issue in Winnipeg was the guy that actually went to L.A. So maybe that was yeah, maybe them yeah. sorting shit out. Trouble and, I could, all and, I could, around. and I could see that. I mean – when Pierre-Luc Dubois is on his game, he's a hell of a player, but that guy disappears for long stretches. I mean, he, he's like there, yeah, uh, probably a little bit more talent. Well, obviously a little bit more talented Yamamoto or yeah. Pooley-Arvey, but the same kind of thing where, you know, often. I wonder if he gets bored of the same organization because he's, he's asked for a trade in every organization he's been on. But he <laughs> always starts red hot with them and then kind of fades away and loses interest. So uh, if I'm L.A., I'm like, we got pushed. These first two years we have him because you know he's going to fade away and get disinterested and want out again. But, yeah. but you're right, Darius. Like when he's on, like he is an he is an elite player. He really is. But it's just a matter of when you know when he plays. I, I would say he's an an elite talent. I wouldn't say elite he's an talent. elite. He's an elite player because to me, yeah. to be Good an elite call. player, you you've got to like eighty percent or more. You've got to be. <laughs> That man, you got to be the man all the time. Yeah, yeah. Those last, oh, those last few, those last few games of his with Columbus were pretty ugly. And I would say he's like a thirty percent the man guy, <laughs> and that might be, a, and that might be a little high. Yeah, but when he's on, he's a hell of a player. <laughs> I've seen yeah, at, least count, people, at least count. Good way to put it. I've seen a few people predict that several Oilers are going to have less points this year than last year. People are predicting Nuge is going to regress to 70 points or 80 points, and there's no way McDavid can get 150, 160 again. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Like, if, if they all regress, like, we're not making the playoffs, man, so why are you predicting these things? What's the reason? And I don't, and I don't get that. I don't see why. We can't we, we can't afford to have a guy like Nuge regress um, unless unless they put Connor Brown in his spot on the power play and suddenly it's forty percent and not a historically amazing you know blows our historically amazing power play right out of the water or something then then there's, maybe Nuge regresses and his points go over to Connor Brown a bit. There's you know what Brian there's there's a lot of talk that um, or chatter out there that the power play is going to change the way it operates that basically the top guys aren't going to be out there for, you know, a minute 30, a minute 40 of, of the, of each two minute power play that they're going to scale it back to like 115, um, 120, something like that. And the second unit's going to get more time. Um, I don't well, know. I'd certainly like to see that for my fantasy teams. Cause I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I personally buy that they're going to change much to, um, but I think you might see some moves that start to happen uh, from a little bit of a load management perspective, not to really bring that term into hockey, but I, I think over the course of 82 games, they want to try to conserve their big guns so that when the playoffs come along, they're, they've got a little bit more than 
than what they did and they don't burn out. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's such a, like a drug, you know, it's a, an elixir. It's like <laughs> seeing that power play do its thing and, and most of the time score and get you that goal. And sometimes that goal is the difference of a hockey game that I don't know if you can really tinker with that too much without kind of ruining um, yeah. your success, your, your okay. path to success. Breaking news here. I'm one of those guys who thinks they're going to regress in their point goals a little bit, but not in a insane manner. Uh, and there you go. Some strangers saying that exact thing, same thing that I'm going to mention now is they are going to focus more on their defensive side of the game. Connor McDavid is still going to win the Art Ross Trophy. He's still going to, he's still going to be the best uh, offensive player in the NHL. Uh, we're still going to have the best offense in the NHL. We're still going to have the best power play in the NHL. The power play is is, is too like it's it's too threatening. It's too powerful. There's no way it can't be the best put in the in the uh, yeah. NHL unless something drastically happens. Uh, I'm just saying the players are all going to focus a bit more on the defensive side of the game. So their numbers might come down. I don't, I don't see a drastic shift. Like Nuge last season, that was a drastic shift, a drastic shift up. So even for him to have like a, for me, in when I did my projections, I have him sitting around 93 points next year. So that's not a huge downturn, but it is a downturn. Like Connor McDavid, 130, 140 points. You know, he's still going to lose, or he's still going to win the scoring tail with those numbers. But he'll also strengthen his uh, his uh, side of the defensive play. Dursa mentioned sometimes he thinks it could be a, a season where McDavid even challenges for the Selkie Trophy. Why not? Why not? He could be that guy. He could do that. I feel like Connor McDavid could do whatever he wants to. Having said that, I think he could score forty goals and and one hundred and thirty points, and he could still score seventy goals and one hundred and seventy five points. You can't put anything past Connor McDavid. He'll decide what kind of season he'll want to have. I mean, he looked faster to me at the beginning of training camp than he did last year. <laughs> so he's, he's put in the work in, in the off season. And I, I kind of think we could see a player that evolves into like and, and he and he showed signs of it last last year where he's almost like Pavel Datsuk, the best offensive player and, and just a guy that comes back and takes the puck from you and goes the other way with it. Uh, just because of that, that speed, you know, it, I I think he he has the potential to do something that I don't think has ever been done in the NHL and, and is win you know the scoring title and, and win the Selkie in the same season. I think he does have that in him. It now was that, close one now time. That Berger, now that Bergeron's gone, it might be easier too. Sergey Fedorov was yeah. the closest was the closest to do that. He he won the Art Rush Trophy and finished second in the Selkie voting one year. That's the closest it's ever been. I think I think too. Like what what's probably going to happen is just the way that they approach games is is going to be different. I think they're going to be like sharks to the water. As soon as the game starts, they're going to try to get a lead and then hang on to it yeah. in, instead of just kind of you know sleepwalking into games, waiting for it to get bad before they start and then take it over. I think there's going to be a different approach to it, and I I hope that's the case. I hope you know as soon as the puck drops on Wednesday, they they just come out and they just overwhelm Vancouver and, and then lock it down onto the next. It's like, it's like, you know, he bear hates us when I reference basketball, but you knew things were bad when you walked into the United center in the nineties and you saw all the bulls in their suits and, and stone faced and nobody's smiling. They're just all business and it was all business for them. They would go win a game and go on to the next and win a game. Like, 
And I, and I think that's kind of got to be the mindset for, for this group. And, and you don't want to think about game seven and Stanley cup final on, on opening night, but you're, you know, you, you want to do, take care of each, each game and, and get on to that next, the next one, the next challenge and, and, you know, build for that. I hate your basketball references too, for the record. Mike. <laughs> Horrific. <laughs> Use the, the metal fingers and the, the Islanders and the ice packs in the dressing room. Like use that one. That's that's a lot better. There it is. The basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about basketball? Man? <laughs> no, you you got to take pages out of out of every sport to be good at your at the one you're in. Sure. That's yeah, right. every sport. There's so not just basketball. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing a lot of three uh, one and, and two nothing victories, I guess, this year. And yeah, <laughs> everybody has fewer points, but it's somehow a better team. I'm looking forward to seeing if that happens. We'll we'll see. At least the well, goal we had to focus on defense some way because out of the eight teams in the West that made the playoffs last year, we were the, the team that allowed the most goals against heading into the playoffs. So that that had to be addressed. Yeah. So if that means playing a bit of a different system here, especially in third period, that means guys be a bit more defensive focus. Uh, then we, that's what we got to do to win. Like Steve, down I, by, being down by two goals and coming back and winning by three is so much fun, though. Yeah, <laughs> not for my ticker, it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not so concerned yeah. about the goals they give. They give. They give up. I, I. I still think this team is built to overwhelm you with offense, but they need to learn how to lock games down and, and close them out. Yeah. And I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of three, one or one, nothing games. <laughs> Not in today's NHL there. It's, it's too high scoring. So uh, what is, what does uh, Goldie Bob think about our, about uh, Campbell's sudden resurgence here in the, in the exhibition games? And- I don't think it's, I don't think it's sudden. I don't think it's sudden at all. I think he started doing this already uh, on the, you know, during the last 10, 15 games of, of the regular season last year. And he definitely showed it in the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. if anything, and listening to his uh, interviews, he just kind of worked on the mental game more so during the summer. And uh, mm-hmm. he has all the physical tools. And it, it's the stuff behind between the ears. I uh, I was on uh, Eric Friesen's uh, podcast here, here last week on uh, Forever 99 and I mentioned the fact that it was uh, – they were talking about the numbers, like so. Campbell, no, Skinner played forty-eight games, and uh, Campbell played thirty-four last season. I think it'll be the other way around this year. I think those numbers are pretty consistent. Skinner's going to take a small step backwards. Again, nothing serious, but teams have a bigger book on him now. He's got a full season in the NHL, so they're, you know, he's been scouted better, and uh, he'll still be a solid, solid game. They're going to go one A, one B, but I, I'm predicting it now that Campbell will be our starting goalie in game one of the playoffs. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've got a little bit of apprehension right now. I'm, I'm seeing Skinner almost timid in the net. And, uh, no, the shitty part is that's the style. That's the shitty part. So yeah, I don't like the fact that most of the goalies you see nowadays, they do play that timid style right back in the neck. It's rare to see goalies come out past the blue paint to challenge like they used to do and cut the angles. It's all about the analytics part of it. This is the negative part of analytics where it's based on, you know, percentage of where the shots usually go. And like how many goals do you see in the last couple of years that go past the goalie's ear when they're pressed up against the post? Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, that, or, that, or the shoulder. That was so rare. Yeah. yeah. 
that was so rare uh, back back in the day. Because they don't and they don't they don't stand up anymore. It's not just Skinner that does it from the new style of goaltending. Yeah. Like most of the goalies in the NHL, you see doing that. We, of course, know Skinner doing that more because that's who we watch on a day-to-day basis. That, that's that, a, that's a, a goalie plague in the league. That Zadorov goal scared me. And I know it's yeah. just preseason and you don't want to read a lot into it, but that was a bad goal. Flashes across Skinner. And it just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> just a Shot bad, fired. Just... A, yeah, just just a bad, bad goal. And, you know, it, I, I don't know. He just doesn't look like he's confident in the, in the net. And Jack is, is kind of the opposite right now. Jack wants to be in there and he wants, wants, to, you know, to see pucks and, and do his thing. And um, I think, I think there is going to be, a, I hate to say this, but I think there is going to be a bit of a sophomore slump. I think Jack's going to come out of the gate on fire and he's going to buy Skinner some time to find his game. And that's what that's what Skinner did for Campbell yeah. uh, last year. Yep. So, yep. And and they're and they're a good team. They get along fine. I'm not too worried yet about Skinner from the preseason. But you've seen Jack's mentality in the preseason. Like he's come out to prove everybody who he is, and that he is like some stranger is saying right now that he is the Campbell that we signed for. Yeah. Last year he looked to me like the smallest six foot three goaltender. <laughs> yeah. Shoulders. Shoulders slumped in and just making himself tiny and looked like he had littler pads than everybody else in that yeah. glove that pots would just flop through. Like what has there do you think there's been a an equipment change? Because I don't know. I it looks he looks like a like he's a normal sized goaltender now. Like his shoulders a little more square. His uh he still doesn't he's in look white wide. glove that, that actually catches pucks and doesn't let it go through. And I, I think he, he, did he still doesn't maybe. He, his positioning's better, but he he doesn't look wide to me. Like I think that's just who he is. Like some goalies yeah. in there, they look like a sheet of plywood. I mean, it's and they're, they're you know. You remember JS Jigier? Yeah, there's no net anymore. Like yeah, you can't even can't even <laughs> move. You're just... Garth Snow was the worst. He had those flaps that he flipped up on his shoulders and everything. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> but, uh, I think that's, that's another thing that messed with Campbell's head last year. Like he got so desperate, he's struggling. He like he changed equipment. That actually made things worse. So, like now he's been playing with the same equipment all summer, breaking it in, and like he's just a better mental. And having shitty equipment that you're breaking in messes you up mentally as well. You don't have confidence in your gear even. So he's he's ready. So I I think we'll be we'll be okay there. And Skinner's gonna be okay. Like yeah, there's gonna be a bit of a sophomore slump. I agree with you, Durst. I don't think it'll be too extreme. But uh, yeah, I I see it happening for a bit. You know, I wonder if there's something to Campbell working with Manny Legacy over the summer and, and really the only contact he, – he talked to Dustin Schwartz over the phone kind of on the mental aspect of his game, but he was on the ice with Manny Legacy and that, that's who he was working with. That sounds like a good move. <laughs> Better than that other guy who you just it's, mentioned. Yeah, it, it seems to have paid off for him. I mean, uh, he seems to be kind of dialed in. Um, but I Dustin mean, Schwartz is the best puck shooting goalie coach in the NHL. That's what that's what I think he's good at. He can really shoot the puck at the goaltender in practice. Okay, well that's great. So we could see, <laughs> we could see the goals for go up by far our goalies. Then. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a crucial part goalie. of goaltending is scoring the empty net goal. So. <laughs> It's, it's funny if you if you approach this subject with Jason Greger, he gets right mad because I think 
you know, Kevin Woodley has them kind of programmed that Schwartz is kind of the best goaltender coach there is. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just. Maybe he is. What do I know? I'm just, I'm just a fan, but how many goalies have come in and then kind of fizzled and yeah. we've desperately changed them. <laughs> you know, cause it's yeah. I, I mean, how, it, many, it, how many turnovers of, of coaches and staff has he survived? It, whatever okay yeah no there's 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 definitely that aspect of it um and i mean talbot had a career year when he was here but then he couldn't get it back until he left so i don't know did we burn him out maybe you know i i, I don't know i don't know jeremy don't know. keeps trying to say something on his 14k modem that he's calling <laughs> in on here so maybe we should let him yeah he cut out there go ahead jer <laughs> I can help you with that. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> go, go stand on the roof so we can hear you. Yeah, I might have to. <laughs> Damn kids must be watching Netflix and Disney at the same time. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> All my data. <laughs> I think one add? of my complaints about Schwartz, though, too, isn't just isn't just our goalies, but part of a goaltender's job, goal, goalie coach's job, is to also scout the other team's goalies, and uh, we we are terrible at giving the other team's backup or third strikers making them look like Vesna Trophy goalies. And I did the research last year. Uh, there we were like, how many games above five hundred did we finish? Like, I forget what the number was, but we were, but against backups and third stringers, we were five games below five hundred. And that's that's inexcusable when you got Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale, and you're shooting against like I don't know whoever some no name goalie in the in the in the system. We can't score against them. That is just incredible. Over the year that started, we uh, call it Darren Poopa so, uh, syndrome. <laughs> I think. Remember going to that game? There's a reference. <laughs> I'm a teenager, and I'm like, who the hell is Darren Poopa, and why He's is a this decent guy goalie saving 45 shots on his first <laughs> game against us? And uh, yeah, ever since then, it seems like was Darren Poopo rocking a Sabres jersey at the time? He sure was. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going way back, out of boy. Yeah, I like it. I used to hate those Aeroplex pads he was wearing. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I've been. I started going to those games when I was four years old back in that old building. So I saw. I saw some WHA games with my dad. There you go. In fact, I remember. I remember seeing a side of my dad I'd never seen when I was like five years old in a game where I don't know there was it was I think it was against the Cincinnati Stingers or something and there was oh, a man Mike Leute like a five on yeah Mike Leute that's right and there was like a five on five brawl gloves are off guys are going in the box coming out of the box fighting again it lasted like twenty minutes <laughs> somehow the bench is never cleared and they got all these guys off the ice and then it's all over and 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 one of the Oilers jumps off the bench and goes in front of the Cincinnati bench and is like come on like somebody come off the bench at me and nobody came off the bench and my dad got up in his imagine like a five foot seven Arnold Schwarzenegger accent right <laughs> he shot up god damn it you pussies you fight five year old me he's like dad what's going on welcome and, uh, to hockey son <laughs> yeah yeah it was like when you're challenged to a fight, you fight. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Good life lesson. Thanks very much. After <laughs> after that, I got to ask Jeremy about his first uh, game experience. Oh man, probably wasn't until uh, I was older. Actually, I, my dad never really took us to to many games. It wasn't until I could drink that awesome Northlands beer that I started. <laughs> And then the only one I kind of have like that is I actually, I took my father-in-law to a game and they were playing the Canadians. So we were surrounded by Canadians fans. And of course we're winning. And that's when my father-in-law decides to stand up and yell out price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Going to get our asses kicked tonight. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I gotta say the Montreal fans are some of the worst here in Edmonton because I was at a game too there back at Northlands or Roger or Rexall, whatever it's called in. And uh so many Canadian fans everywhere, their red jersey, so proud to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. And that was a game where the orders were killing him. I think it was like six three going into third period, and all of a sudden you see you didn't see any more red jerseys. They were all wearing their jackets over top of it and everything. I'm like, what? I thought you were proud to be Canadians fans. Now you're all hiding. Like, stand it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when, some... when I had season tickets, I would—I guess I was one of the people responsible for filling the building full of Montreal fans because I would always sell those seats. <laughs> I being surrounded by those guys and triple the price—they're yours, no problem. Oh, yeah. Here I, would, go. I, would, I would pay for a quarter of the season in one, one game. It felt like, <laughs> yeah. Some, some stranger on YouTube there. Thanks for watching. He says uh, you guys think Skinner might just be rusty. Uh, yeah, I mean. This summer, you probably don't see NHL shots quite like you, you normally do during the season. And some guys take a little bit to kind of warm up to playing again. Um, yeah, no, that that definitely could be part, part of it. He could be rusty. Campbell could be gold-plated and turn into rust five games into the season. You just you just never know. So Yeah, goalies are voodoo for sure. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think it's rusty as much. I think he's... Well, you know, I guess you, if you're gonna use the term rusty, I think it's just uh, it's just pregame or preseason, like getting his legs going, getting game shape, that sort of stuff. I think it's just all part of the process. Do we even know how Skinner did last last year in the preseason? I'm not even sure, but he wasn't the starting goalie, that's for sure. If we had Campbell start start the season, yeah. well, I think we're I think we're too busy comparing how Skinner did last season as a, as a Calder candidate, and then seeing why it's not translating into preseason. Screw it. He wasn't fighting for a job. He's getting his legs going. Yeah, it, it, could, it, it could mean nothing, or or it could mean something. I just I I'm still bitter over that Zadorov goal. <laughs> not, it didn't not mean really, anything, not, Mike. <laughs> not not really bitter, but yeah, I just it's not like it's been keeping you up at night. I looked at that and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I could have shot that. That 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 could have been me. Well, remember when when uh, when Carey Price was playing and he would let in like eight goals in an exhibition game and. You know they want to light him on fire in Montreal, and he's like, yeah. he's like, guys, it's yeah. exhibition game. That's yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah. Said, like, relax, it's preseason. Relax. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, your your mental focus is different for sure. It is. Um, do you guys have anywhere you got to go this evening? Because uh, we're just over an hour, and usually we shut her down at an hour, but we can we can go a little longer if you want. That's past my curfew, isn't it? Sheesh. Hey, man, we don't even start normally till now. So. Mom, meatloaf. <laughs> Mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> oh, boy. 
I don't know. We may have we may have exhausted the uh, the whole Oiler spectrum of Ford's defense and goaltenders and coaching and analytics and regression and all. Yeah, thanks thanks for actually hosting tonight, Brian. You did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm I'm gunning for you, man. Yeah, you can you can come back next week. I'm on time. board. I'm on board. <laughs> Probably less basketball references. That'd be nice. Oh, you never well. get a basketball reference out of me. Like I've heard of Michael Jordan, but that's about it. <laughs> I've never the watched acting? a full basketball no. game in my life. <laughs> well, with all the worry about Skinner's preseason, we can just chalk up the old Allen Iverson practice. <laughs> about practice. Here's Jeremy breaking out the basketball reference. Oh my goodness! There we go. Yeah, Skinner's going to be fine. Yeah. You think so? He's getting, he's getting taken before Campbell in, in all four fantasy drafts that I've been in, which is interesting. It's like he's the de facto number one, and Campbell gets taken in the 10th or 12th round by, by somebody. So somebody's getting a pretty good bargain. Those well, on the, official, on the official depth chart there, Skinner is a list of above Campbell. But they're, they're basing most of that on, you know, last last season, right? So, of course. And, yeah. and he was. He earned that spot last year. But it's, it's a free-for-all this year, different season. And we, we're going to need both those guys. Like Woodcroft keeps saying, we're going to need both those guys. It's definitely more of a two-goalie league than, than it used to be. And uh, so they'll they'll feed off each other. I love the, I love the relationship those two guys have. Uh, they seem to be pretty tight feeding off each other. And uh, I think that's going to go a long ways for us. So some yeah. strange, some stranger is uh, giving us more um, <laughs> topics to discuss. Bring it. Um, he doesn't want us to end yet, I guess. Um, Let's go some stranger. And thanks oh, for watching. He he says, oh, um, yeah. There you know, uh, or both. Um, McLeod Ekholm, talk about them yet? No, we haven't. Um, yeah, I. I don't know what the situation is there with either one. I, I, I'm, I kind of have my doubts that Wednesday Ekholm will, will actually play. I think that's more of a Saturday uh, at home for the home opener, um, but I'm not sure. If you want the guy in the lineup, man, he is fantastic. Yeah. So, I'm betting we see both of them. I'm betting we see them both uh, on Wednesday. We, I mean, you- that. The last time they were chatting with with Whitcroft after practice, uh, he was still talking about kind of iffy about Eckholm even making that last preseason game yet. So uh, he was that close. So he gets an extra a little bit of off. Uh, he was on the ice the other day, not an intense practice, but he was on the ice with the boys. So I wouldn't Is- be surprised to see him back. And I'm more worried now with the Kulak thing, like what's going on there? And I kind of seem to come out of the blue a little bit. Would you rank Eckholm as a better defender than Jason Smith? Defender, ooh, yikes! He takes. He's a better all-around defenseman, that's for sure. Yep. But Jason Smith had that very mean, intense shutdown. You are not getting by me mentality. Yeah, you looked in. You you looked in his eyes, and you know you were you were fucked coming down his wing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys guys dabbled at all in in any of the Oilers Plus stuff? No. There's there's a like unmiked uh, or mic'd up um, echo, and in that Vegas series, man, does he love to trash talk? It was fucking awesome. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's in there just jawing guys. Like I, I was like, holy shit, him and him and Kane, and, and you know you expect that from Evander, but 
he, he's right there with them and, and probably even a little bit more so than Kane was. And I was just, just laughing like, holy fuck, this guy's intense. Like, you see, uh, he, plays. he does have a bit of an edge to him. Yeah. But if we're like Jason Smith had those rocket Richard eyes almost, like he just he, oh, he was, yeah. he, he's a different person in those eyes, right? And yeah, like you were too. saying there, like you just knew that if you if you're going head to head with him, like, you're, something's gonna hurt. <laughs> Good eyes reference, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. He narrowed his eyes. Definitely, Gator was vicious. Yeah, but he didn't pop and Todd Harvey once. <laughs> Todd Harvey's coming down the wing and he just boom snapped his head back in full flight. <laughs> like, whoa. He, he took he took a penalty, but nobody was coming down his wing. Oh, yeah. That. So much different player than Ekholm, that's for sure. But uh yeah, I'd, I'd I'd give Ekholm the edge over over Jason Smith, who was just a, a he was he was just pure violence. So <laughs> You guys uh, gently talk amongst yourself, so I'm going to find that eyes song. (laughs) (laughs) We go from basketball referencing to song lyrics. Like (laughs) that was the name of the podcast. Dustin Nielsen's old show, right? Yeah, twelve sixty years ago. I have to scroll back. I have to scroll back through a bunch of Surveyor Brett uh, (laughs) DMs here. Dallas Eek is another another name from the past. Yeah, does he have a job? Um, he was an analyst last time I saw. Uh, and actually, he did a pretty good job. I, I, I don't know if he was on ESPN or where, but oh. I, I thought he did a pretty good job analyzing during the playoffs. So. Okay. Oh, yeah, he was on He was on the panel there uh, between periods and stuff in the playoffs. Yeah. That's right. And then he got fired at the end of that. <laughs> he got fired before that, I think. Yeah, he was fired at the end of the season. He got, yeah, he was let go by Anaheim before that already. Yeah. 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 I thought you meant he got fired from the panel. Like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough season. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they got the hook around your neck when you're, when you're trying to talk on the panel. You're, you're you know the- you're a target win. <laughs> do you remember watching the WHA Oilers? I sure do. Yeah, my, my dad. My dad was a uh, original season ticket holder, so he has a he has a certificate from 1971 or 72 from going to the first game. And I thought they were the Alberto winners. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, they were the Alberto winners. That's right. And they played uh, they played some team that didn't exist for very long. And, uh, as there were so many of them, I mean, over, yeah. over the course of the WHA, I think they had 30 teams, even though the WHA itself never had more than 14 or something like that. So it was quite a wild ride, but. Um, so he would have been, if he, if he went to all the games, then he would have seen uh, Jacques Plante play it even that back then as no other. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did. Yeah. That's incredible that that guy even played for the others. Yeah, only home games. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't go on the road. <laughs> yeah, and I think he was. I think he was only ninety-two years old at the time too, so a little past his prime. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, those were those were good days. Stand out. My favorite player was Cowboy Flett because his nickname was Cowboy Flett. I thought that was cool. <laughs> what a reason! What a reason to have a favorite player go by the nickname. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No idea what he was like as a player, but his name is Cowboy. Don't don't really recall. No. 
Oh, oh fast forward. getting warm. Fast forward, we got the new cowboy and his silver shin pads. Rod set. <laughs> silver shin pads. Yeah. That's a Lone Ranger look if I ever saw one. So who do we? So who are we meeting this Stanley Cup? Who are we meeting this Stanley Cup final? Oh boy, let's see. Carolina's gonna flame out in the first round. You heard it here first. I'm thinking the Rangers. Rangers. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. How about the All Canadian matchup? Finally, finally, we got Toronto oh, and Edmonton. Don't even say it. You go to hell. <laughs> do you really hate toronto more than calgary what kind of an edmontonian are you that that's a that's a tough question uh, you know yeah it was annoying growing up uh, you know hockey mm. night in canada was one game and it was always toronto and somebody and five o'clock until, until playoffs yeah <laughs> yeah that's right Durst was probably picking the, the Raptors to face the others or what? <laughs> They're going to cross over. Settle down. <laughs> yeah. Settle down. Eyes. You know what? I saw it in his eyes. Eyes. It's fun to watch his eyes. Eyes. And, you know, he narrowed his eyes. He's been uh, a horse. His eyes narrow. I saw it in his eyes. He loves his eyes. Eyes going in the net. Here comes the chorus. Horse eyes. People were highly critical of his eyes. <laughs> his eyes narrow. Eyes. The end of this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I was, I was driving to work. Driving to work. I remember when they played that for the first time, and I nearly drove off the road. I just had tears running down my face. Oh man! Oh god! I don't even know if they do that really much anymore. Do they like? Well, I got to tell you, I'm not I'm not a huge podcast guy, which is kind of ironic that I'm on a podcast because I've never been <laughs> through an entire podcast in my life. I've got the attention span of a mosquito. About 15 minutes in max, I'm like, okay, I get what they're trying to say next. <laughs> I can't do it. So I'm fully expecting that actually absolutely nobody is watching this anymore. It's off and on. <laughs> how's that? How's that um, the, the stuff that Nielsen does now on that on that podcast that they doing a good job yeah tell me because I've never I've never yeah. tuned in I'm thinking of doing it yeah. it's basically what they were doing at 1260 for the most part it was kind yeah. of rebranded for uh, evidence sports talk 
we actually got two of our shows on uh, the Heavy Hockey Network. There, we're basically considered friends of EST, mm-hmm. and so uh, Oilers Live and Fantasy Hockey Hacks they have uh, a regular night uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I believe, yeah. is when when they're on. So nine o'clock both nights. So that's pretty cool. That expands listener base a bit too. Awesome. Yeah, they get a pretty they they get a pretty good audience. Um, yeah, I, I I think they're I think what they're going to need to do is expand their what they're offering. I mean, um, Dusty does his thing. I think from six till nine, I believe, uh, possibly ten, and then they do the hangouts um, after that, and then there's not much in the afternoon. So I think they're going to have to try to you know have from six o'clock till kind of six, like they need a 12 hour cycle of what, what they're really offering for live content, I think. And then they're really going to have it made in the shade. Um, and then there, you know, 1440, uh, is a radio station, but they're also streaming to YouTube with kind of Kevin Carius in the morning, low tide and Jason Greger. And so, you know, kind of the two, I guess you've kind of got everybody from 1260 working again, which is great, but they're kind of competing against each other on, on two different kind of platforms. Yeah. Well, good. That's cool. Good for you guys hooking up with them. That's a pretty good, pretty good score. Yeah. uh, I'm I'm just glad that all those boys are back on, on airwaves somewhere. Cause you know, that's a pretty quality crew that was, uh, that was helping us out with all the, uh, wider information right so it's good to have that uh them back on for sure i'll have to get a tardy slip out for nate name here he says hey guys i'm late just got the kids to bed after a long thanksgiving day hope the episode has been good just well, skip the first 20 minutes or so where we go through all the inside <laughs> jokes that aren't funny i i can sum i can summarize most of the episode right here so <laughs> <laughs> And be careful. This guy's coming to your house to ask for if you'd like to buy some life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't sell life insurance, but he knows he needs some. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Did you scour the internet for, for Jeremy's secret pictures? I hope you did. <laughs> you know, I don't think I got much on Jerry other than this one. I, have to... yeah, I keep it kind of low key, like unlike you, Bri. <laughs> I'm just out there, man. This is, out. this is out. this is not some wild uh, LinkedIn uh, picture here. Oh, let me put it in the wrong place. It won't show up good there. Just one second. Uh, Don't you have like another job too, Dursa? What do you, you spend all day looking at pictures of everybody's Facebook or whatever? Uh, I can multitask, kind of. It's called so ask him. Oh yeah, I forgot you have two screens now. There's, there's. There you go. go. That's quality. Awesome. He bought one of them jerseys with the funny orange in the middle. Huh. You know, yeah, gift from some of the people I work with. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Nobody likes me at work. Not not that much, no. (laughs) I I remember last time I got a gift of anything. I I shouldn't say that. Last year, our company uh, got a box for Oilers and Flames game and paid for hotel rooms in, in the city, so. Oh, nice. That was pretty nice. Yeah, it was a good time. Actually, that's how many games do you guys get? How many games do you guys go uh, a year to go see live in person? There, boys. 
I usually well, I, I I had season tickets up. So I go ahead, Jeremy. You get you got the you got the uh, squirrel yeah. operated internet. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> I heard. <laughs> now I usually go to about ten a year, but I'll probably cut back a bit now. Did you give up your season seats, Jerry, or you just farm them out all the time now? Nah, I just yeah, not getting them anymore. Just gonna probably go down to mini packs with the kids. Hmm. Nice. Well, I, I had season tickets. I split season tickets for years, up until about four years ago. And then I would go to two or three games. Last year was the first year I didn't go to a single game. I watched every single game on TV, but I didn't attend a single one. So I got to change that. That's crazy that I'm going to more games uh, than you are. Yes, you are. I don't know. I don't, I don't love that the feel of that new building, honestly. Really? <laughs> I remember when I was, uh, well, at, at Northlands, you had relatively inexpensive seats, and they're all relatively close compared to the way they are now, where you've got this, you know, that, that strip of load seating separating the scumbags up top from the <laughs> bottom. So when, you, when, you're, when you're up there, like I had, I had, I had I split season seats for the first three, four seasons, whatever it was, that, that they were in, uh, in Roger's place, and I just... It, it, it was it was different than being uh, row thirty four at Northlands. You still felt like you were right on top of the action, whereas mm -hmm. you're you're up that high in Rogers, and it's not it's not the same experience that it was. You know, for the cost of that building, you think they could put like a a higher gear on that escalator? Because man, that takes a long time to get up that thing. Yeah, you kind of yeah. I, I used to hate getting on that thing and like disappearing out of view of all the happy people below on their nice wide concourse <laughs> and then <laughs> get off in the congested one up there and being moved along like sardines and ugh. experience wasn't great for the money anymore, I thought. So yeah, it's kind of interesting that the design up there is is way different than below. Like I, I guess I'm spoiled when I come to a game. I usually phone uh, Mike Arujo, my old boss from Into the Roll, and uh, Section 122 is usually where I'm sitting in his in his seats if I, if I come. Um, but up top there, everything's a little bit tighter. Like the stairs are a little bit more steep, and yeah, it's it's, a, it's an experience up there. I, I enjoy the view. Like I don't think uh, it's a bad view from up there, but. You're a little bit more squished in. Mm -hmm. That combined with the fact that the kids have to go to university and that money need to be kind of moved in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. well, it's okay. Every game's on TV. I uh, mm -hmm. follow along, along in the mega thread still with the two or three people that are <laughs> with me on there. Not, you know, I'm I'm dreading this season because with the changes that have gone on with X or Twitter or whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, I don't know if it's actually going to even work. Like uh, last season, last season was pretty simple. I would go to work and I got a list of everybody, and during the day I would just find time to prearrange everything that was supposed to get spit out, and it would do that. But now with the way Twitter is, I mean. Uh, I hear that TweetDeck is is now a service that you need to pay for, so that kind of I don't think I want to invest in <laughs> in that just to be able to do the mega thread. Um, I think now yeah, you can actually five or six people interact on it. <laughs> yeah, and I think now you you can actually schedule 
tweets, like regular tweets, kind of the same way. So if that actually works, then maybe I'll, I'll keep doing it. But if it just becomes where it's a fucking nightmare just to be able to do what we've, what we've done in the past, then I yeah. think I might have to exit stage left and, and retire. That, those that those are some fun years with mega thread, yeah. like you know, starting with the 2017 playoffs and uh, when it was really hopping, when there were, yeah, I mean, people jumping in on there just randomly, and I can't take credit for the original concept that came from Sean Patrick Ryan and like SPR and somebody else. They they started the whole thing, and the first couple that they they were doing, it was just fucking chaos. Like like now, it, it's like a bunch of groups. It's mm-hmm. it's like I've got like all these pages and and because you can only tag so many people, and then it doesn't let you kind of connect it all before it was like there would be, I think it started with about 50 people and they would all be in the same thing. And your, your phone was just going on fire. Now, now it's grown to like over 250, but it's not all like in the same kind of <laughs> fucking eco chamber, I guess. But. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to have to come up with a new nickname. It's no longer mega thread, Mike. It's yeah. Rockwell, Mike, um, <laughs> something like that. Um, I guess there's one other thing that maybe we should talk, talk about, and then we can shut her down. Uh, heritage classic, or is anybody going, are you looking forward to that? What do you, what do you think of this whole new, uh, reboot of the original idea that originated in Edmonton? I'm not, although that's just out of my own laziness more than anything else. I think I would like to go to that. I, I think I, I didn't think they would sell out in like an hour or whatever it was. So I yeah, there's still by the, there's, time, by the time I checked, they were all gone. I did go still, to the original one. If if you actually look now, you you can you can still get tickets, but the minimum I was seeing was about 230 a person, and I'm just not sure I want to invest that much into kind of a novelty game. I kind of feel that since I was at the, that first one, you know, the minus 20 disaster and topped yeah. out that whole six hour stretch. Um, I borrowed a, I borrowed a power lineman's insulating coveralls, like from my, from my toes to my head. And that saved my life. I would have frozen to death there for sure. But uh, you know, I think, I think we were in row nine. I could just kind of see them from the, from the chest up <laughs> it wasn't great all you can see is like a puff of it almost looks like smoke of fog from them breathing probably. <laughs> <laughs> and I, re- I really enjoyed that that old timers thing that they did before that i thought yeah. that was a blast seeing yeah. seeing coco spread out flash in the right hand to make a glove save was pretty awesome to see again but uh yeah i don't know if i'll uh I probably won't end up going. What about you, Jeremy? Yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to endure for that one this year. I got my four games set aside for the kids, and that'll be that'll be it because they're probably going to want to drink in popcorn, and that shit's expensive now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be watching from the comfort of my own home. I, you know, my biggest thing, I don't, I don't want to dish out that much for, I think you if you do go, it's more to say that you were there. Check it off as an experience. But like, I, I want to see the game. Like, I, I, I'm so involved in the in the hockey aspect of the whole order experience. Like, I, I'm all about the game, and I, I want to see it and be able to kind of analyze it. And you're just not going to be able to do that there in you know, row F, seat 97 or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not the same. If I happen to get a ticket, 
uh, it'd probably be last minute and, and it might be something that I want online or got given to me or some bullshit like that. But, and then I go, but other than that, no, I'll be, I'll be right here staring straight ahead, cursing and cheering. <laughs> um, if you guys have a final thought, I'll let you give her and then I'll close this down. I just got a, I just got nope. a monkey up there with symbols kind of banging together. So I, think I'm, I think I'm spent. So good seeing you guys again. <laughs> Thanks very much for the invite. It's been a blast. Hopefully one or two people enjoyed a small section of this before giving up on it. <laughs> what do you got, Jared? I will obviously you have to get a better setup for next time if my uh, <laughs> but the important thing is love <laughs> right back at you buddy i'm looking seeing you looking forward to the season i think it's going to be a pretty special one so hopefully we can all manage to get together at first round for uh for a game one of these days that'd be a blast it's uh, it's tough for me to have a final thought, and I never even had an initial thought to begin with. But, uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, thanks, boys, for coming on. Uh, it was fun chatting with you guys and fun meeting you guys. So hopefully, uh, maybe one time we'll get together for a beer and watch a game at a pub somewhere. Sounds good, Bob. That would actually be a good be place awesome. to to do a show. Is uh, is that first round if they they could get us uh, set up there? I, I wouldn't mind that doing a live on location. Um, yeah. Yeah. So from now on, I think Mondays at, at eight is kind of going to be our regular time throughout the season. Um, if there's a conflict with the game, I think there's five or six games that are land on a Monday night. If it's um, a Western um, conference game, like on, on the West coast here, um, I think we'll do like pregame show. And if it's out East, we'll, we'll go post game. Um, I'm not against uh, doing a post game uh, Wednesday if that's exciting, or maybe Saturday after the home opener. Um, trying to you know get out a little bit more contact content, but Monday nights is going to be our kind of guaranteed night. And name is saying, "Oh man, I miss first round." There's none out here. Yeah, I, I like watching sports in first round and and having a cold beer and a burger that's changed names about a million times started out as a Lucic burger, then the cleft bomb burger. And I don't know what the hell they call it now. Just, uh, just a burger. I think now <laughs> they've given up on naming it after a hockey player. Cause they seem to get traded or hurt or something. Um, enjoy that. You both know, I, I love you. You're uh, certified beauticians in, in my mind. Um, thanks for hosting the show, Brian. That was, that was a treat for me to get sit back and listen to you interview us. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, bro. No problem. And, and Charlie Chaplin there beside you that didn't say say a lot, but thanks for coming on, Jer. Um, you Happy know, I'll, uh, I'll I'll put some good words in and see if we can get you a fiber optic cable or something out there. And it's tough to chime <laughs> in when you're in Afghanistan. <laughs> you you would know. The one episode Bobby was coming to us from a cave in Afghanistan under fire and. All of a sudden, he's talking, and then he's not, and he's gone. <laughs> and Chad's like, this is the greatest episode Bob's ever had. So. 
Having said it, that, I thought this was Chad's best episode. It, it probably was, yes. And the start of it looked like my best episode too when I couldn't figure out my shit here. So anyway, thanks everybody. No, thanks everybody for watching. Thank you both for uh, coming on board. And we'll we'll have you back a, again in a few months uh, when, when an internet cable gets to Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, the, this Albert Basement bunker isn't doing too good, I guess. <laughs> everybody Everybody keep your sticks on the ice, keep reaching for the stars, and go Oilers, go, go, I can't even talk, and uh, now it's time for everybody's favorite cool down music, and that's another inside joke, because here it is. Happy Halloween!